Hi everyone, welcome back to Hitchcock University where you learn filmmaking from the masters. My name is Taylor Bickle and this cla last class session we talked about the front page and this class session we're going to talk about Billy Wilder's last two films, uh, Fedora and Buddy Buddy. Um, so let's start with Fedora. Fedora is the story of a producer who can't get his latest project off the ground so he goes in search of an old star to see if she would be interested. I'm just going to say this right off the bat. Um... I can't talk about this movie without spoiling it. It's just not possible. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to put a break in this episode that'll be about 30 seconds long, okay? It'll be 30 seconds long of... We'll do the shower. I'll take the shower from the, from the opening. We'll put in 30 seconds there of the shower. So you can just skip ahead until you hear the shower. Um just 15 seconds at a, at a time or, or 30 or however it is you want to do it or whatever. Um, and when you hear the shower, then you know we're coming back. Okay, so we'll put 30 seconds of the shower there. That should be fine. That should work for everybody. Okay. All right, so here we go. So I pulled this. So the reason, so the whole story here of Fedora is not only does this producer go looking for an old star, but he he goes looking for an old star and finds her to be incredibly young still. Like, impossibly young. And what we find out, of course, is that the star has a daughter. I think it's her daughter. I'm sorry, it's been a while since I've actually sat down to watch this movie. But I'm pretty sure her daughter is standing in for her. So she can still do publicity photos and do all these kinds of things, even though, she's, even though she's a little mysterious and reclusive. Her daughter is standing in for her because she looks almost exactly like her. And, and, and that's how she's able to pull off this illusion of being actually really, really young. So Billy says, you know, the story, this is, this is from Billy Wilder interviews um, in an interview called Going for Extra Innings. He says, you know, the story of Fedora, it was almost uncastable. And maybe it, sh it, never, it should never have been done because there are certain things that read very well, but you cannot photograph them. It's extremely difficult. Actually, the same person should play both parts. There's no question about it. But you have Dietrich playing the old countess because that's how, that's how Fedora is uh, disguising herself. She's this old countess, and then her daughter is, is, living, is living her life as Fedora. But if you have Dietrich playing the old countess, from the first shot, you know, shit, this is Fedora. Don't fool around with me. But if I had Dietrich and say Faye Dunaway, some, some similarity, of course, they would say that's Dietrich. Or you fake it and you have it shot from the back or in the shadows, then they get suspicious. Certain things are unphotographable. This is an incredibly difficult story to do. Maybe you could do it now with, with some of the digital de-aging technology or, or something. I... I don't know. This is a tough stuff to do for the screen. You know, um, it, it, it would be easier as a stage play. It would be very possible as a book um, or even a graphic novel. But I think this is incredibly hard to pull off as a movie. And, and Billy recognizes that looking back on it. And part of the reason he, he says is the casting, right? So he says this in conversations with Billy Wilder. He says the basic idea of how we were going to do it was kaput the moment we started making tests in Munich. The following thing happened. So they had cast Martha Keller because they wanted, you know, this is supposed to be a European actress. They wanted a European actress to play, to play Fedora. The following thing happened, he says. 
Martha Keller was to play both parts, the part of the mother and the part of the young girl. We started to test the makeup for the old woman, and she started to scream. It turned out that Martha Keller had been in an automobile accident, and they kind of screwed up the wound in a way so that the nerves were exposed, which made it very, very difficult to put that rubber mask on her, which we had to do to make her look old. I said, well, let's take another actress to play the mother. And that did not work. That did not work at all. I wanted to stop the whole thing after we were shooting for a week or so. I couldn't. I mean, I could, but it would have been a loss of income. So I just finished it. And that's the problem. The, this this movie was doomed from the start. It just was. And the problem with a project like that is he says here, nobody's perfect. He says, it's terrible when you believe in a picture. You think you were doing something good, and then only after you ha you have begun, you realize it's a mistake. But it's already too late to go back, so you only have one direction to go in. When you're climbing a mountain, there's a point where mountain climbers say it's easier to try to make it to the top than to go back down. The trip is only half over, but you have to finish it. And that's part of the problem. Like he said, this is a picture he believed in. It was something he really thought he could do. But from the moment they started, it was doomed. But at a certain point, it's like, well, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, there's already so much money thrown around. If you don't, I mean, the whoever finances this movie, any project like this, they have to be willing to take the loss if you're going to do that. You know, and that's such a terrible thing to have to ask a financier to do, to take that kind of a loss. And the thing is, is this movie was done outside of the Hollywood system. I think, I think Germany helped. Yeah, I think Germany's government-funded art program or whatever, like, actually helped finance this movie, along with a German production company. You know, and so there was no way Billy could let them down and just say, "Sorry, we have to stop." And it, it, it it's really tough because it's a film that he believed in, but that's how Billy was. Billy always did what he what 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 he, he always tried to do his kind of a movie. He always tried to make a Billy Wilder film. He wanted that movie to be something that he believed in. He says this in um in an interview in Billy Wilder interviews uh entitled In Wilder's Wild West. He says being a man of certain convictions, I cannot suddenly change my style and do the quote now picture. A self-respecting painter cannot just suddenly say, well, op art is selling now. I'm going to abandon the matter in which I painted and start start on op art or pop art or hard edge school. I just hope that they will still go along with my manner of telling stories. He says a similar thing here in, uh, in another interview entitled Broadcast to Kuala Lumpur. He says, if you were a decent human being, if you were a decent human being and if you are, let us say, uh, a composer of dance tunes, and if all you can do are the polka and the waltz, and you keep composing those and the dance floor is empty, they don't come out to dance. Then you say, well, screw that. If they want rock and roll or disco, I can do that. But I can't do it. I cannot even pretend to. I can do it. Because if I did it, that would be real suicide. They would still know that it is phony and they would not come out to dance. He elaborates here on these two analogies that he's painted in, in, um, in another interview called Shooting the Front Page, Two Dams and One by God. He says, I aim a movie at pleasing me and maybe 10 of my friends. That's the only way I know how to operate. The audience senses when you're doing something different without any conviction. I could never do a picture like American Graffiti, good as it was. I don't know those kids. And if I try to do it, they would sense that I'm not one of them. To keep your sanity and your self-respect, you must believe that there will be an audience for what you want to do. It may not be the the it may not be the blockbuster of all time, but what is wrong with a modest success? Once you lose the belief that quality will will pay off, you are lost. 
And that's, that's how Billy Wilder approached his whole career. With the, I mean, you may, you may remember even with the major and the minor, it was, you know, he intentionally did something commercial, but he also did something he was interested in. He also did something he knew he could do. That was why he chose that project. It was commercial, but it was also something, it was also something he knew he could put his stamp on, you know? And that's the thing. I think a lot of filmmakers get lost when they start seeking big, big hits and they start looking for trends and trying to figure out what's working and what's not working. And really the only thing you can do is just keep pouring out of yourself and assume that if you make good stuff, there's going to be an audience for that. And, you know, with some of these Billy Wilder films... There wasn't an audience at the time, but he ended up getting an audience later. You know, Ace in the Hole is now uh, distributed by the Criterion Collection. You know, that movie bombed horribly at the time, at least in the U.S. And now you can get it through the Criterion Collection because the Criterion, the Criterion Collection recognizes the, the quality of it. You know, and the only thing you can do is just keep is, is hold yourself to the high standard of putting out the best stuff you can do. And sometimes you're going to misstep. You know, he says here um, in Portrait of a 60% Perfect Man, he says, you have a kind of an attitude toward life. You've got certain rules. You've got certain ethics that you believe in. And I don't want to betray them no matter what the story. I've done some bad pictures, but I've never done any pictures that I, were sh that I was ashamed of the content where I sold out. I made many mistakes, but they were honest mistakes. You know, the, this... and. I think sellout gets used a little bit too much because sometimes we are interested in the big commercial thing. You know, I mean, I don't think that John Favreau's a sellout just because he started working with Disney and doing doing some of their remakes and doing doing um, the Mandalorian. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't accuse him of that. I I you know um, because I still think he's trying to do good stuff. I think that that's how John Favreau works. I think that he's still trying to do quality work. You know, and, 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 and they seem to be projects he's interested in because he keeps taking them. You know, he keeps working on them um, and seems to be doing them very well. And that's the thing is, is, is you have to stay true to the things you believe in in your art. And I'm not talking about, you know, messages and themes and things like that. But y y you need to work in genres you're interested in. You need to tell stories you're interested in. You know, you need to work in the, th in, in the veins of storytelling that, that, speak to you so that you can speak to others and you have to do it to the best of your ability. And that's the only thing anyone should be asking of anyone else. So that's Fedora. And now we're going to talk about Billy Wilder's last film, which is buddy, buddy. This is, um, I think it's fitting that he, he went out with, with, with Matthew and lemon. Um, it kind of, you know, it kind of, um, caps, this this era of Billy's career. Um, uh, so now we're going to take a quick 30-second break. Um, I'm going to put the shower thing in here, and then we're going to come back with Buddy Buddy, okay?
All right, so now we're going to talk about Buddy Buddy, which is Billy Wilder's last film. This is a story about the collision of a mafia hitman attempting to forever silence a witness and a man just trying to get his wife back from a sex therapist. Um, it stars Lemon and Mathau. Um, I think it's appropriate that Billy Wilder capped this era, this era of his career with Lemon and Mathau. Um, but despite that, this movie didn't do well either. And, and, and what's funny is there's a lot of people who really don't like this movie. I actually think it's pretty good. I, I don't think it's anywhere near as good as many of his other comedies. Um, but to me, it's very watchable. The, the, if nothing else, the Lemon and the Mathau scenes are, are very, very good. Um, the rest of the movie, maybe not as much, but, but definitely the Lemon and the Mathau stuff. But this is what Billy Wilder said um, in his biography, Nobody's Perfect, when the author, Charlotte Chandler, mentioned it to him. He said, skip it. I should have. You have to get up just as early in the morning to make a bad picture. Which is sad, but true. You know, I mean, and, and this is one of the things that Billy talks about is it takes just as much work to make a bad movie as it does a good one. You know, and the only different and, and he doesn't say this, but the only difference between a bad movie and a good movie is whether or not the audience connects to the story. You know, but like he said, you have to believe that the that there is an audience for quality, that quality will always win out, you know, and so you have to stay true to what you do. Now, he says here, this is again from Nobody's Perfect. He says, we took a wrong turn. If we'd been doing this the way we'd always work, he's talking about him and his. I would have been back to the drawing board and started again when we saw we were going wrong, but we didn't have time. Wilder goes on to say this. He says, Wilder, Wilder the writer, let Wilder the director down. We had to write too fast. The script was done in three months. We always took much longer, but the wheels were rolling and we had to go forward. If I'd backed out, they would have said it was because I was too old. Now, see, the thing is, is this wasn't a project that he presented to studio. This is a project the studio brought to him. And so it all came down to their time schedule and the way they wanted to do it. And it just didn't allow Billy and Iz to do things the way that they wanted to do, to take their time to develop that quality. And Billy was afraid that he was nearing the end of his career. And unfortunately, this movie put him there. You know, it, it, it's kind of, it's it's unfortunate, but it's how it's happened. And again, Billy had a similar experience that he had on Fedora, where he realized, he says this, he says, after two weeks of shooting, I realized I'd made a mistake in casting. It didn't work to have two comics together. I needed someone serious like Clint Eastwood as the hitman instead of the comedian, instead of the comedian like Mathau, which is an interesting idea, this idea that he needed a funny man to play opposite Jack Lemmon's or he needed a straight man to play opposite Jack Lemmon's funny man. This idea that he went into it with two comedians, you know, but that the role he felt needed someone, someone a lot straighter. But I don't, I don't know that I agree with him in that, but it is an interesting idea. But again, you much like Fedora, you have this, this sense of, you know, he gets into the project and he already realizes it's going wrong. But what can you do other than go forward at that point, especially when it's a an assignment like this? You know, the <clears throat> the people financing it need you to finish it so that they can hopefully recoup all this money that they've put into it. You know, it's it's kind of a tough kind of a tough place to be. This is this is something Wilder says though, and nobody's perfect. And I think this is a good a good way to go out. He says. Trust your own instincts. 
your mistakes might as well be your own instead of somebody else's. Everyone has the right to be wrong about this life, but not about another person's. He says, in Berlin, I remember being asked my advice by someone who wanted to leave his wonderful job where he made a lot of money and knew all the beautiful women so he could write a novel. I laughed. I advised him to stay where he was well. I advised him to stay where he was well off, that the gamble was too big, and how did he know he could do it? So he quit. And Eric Maria Remarque wrote All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a classic novel. If if Remarque had listened to Billy, we wouldn't have All Quiet on the Western Front. So it's like he says, trust your own instincts. Your mistakes might as well be your own instead of somebody else's. Everyone has the right to be wrong about his life. It's okay. You know, and and this is this is as much for me as 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 for anybody else. I mean, I see a lot of the popular movies that come out and I say, "My god, why does the audience condone this? Why are we celebrating mediocrity over and over again?" There's so many movies that everybody seems to be mad about that I just flat out dislike and I look at it and say well clearly then I'm out of tune with what audiences want I don't think that I should ever be a filmmaker much less a writer or you know I mean I can be a filmmaker you know I mean I could I could be a filmmaker in my own thing you know I'd, I'd you know for a long time I've wanted to be a director of photography that's something I'm very much working toward um but clearly I shouldn't write or direct right because I don't I don't seem to understand what it is that audiences want but the thing is is I have to trust my own instincts. And and like he said, I have to believe I have to believe that there's always an audience for quality. And I get the right to be wrong. It's okay for me to be wrong about something. It's okay for me to make make my own mistakes. Just like it's okay for you. Maybe you feel similar. Maybe you don't, you know, like a lot of the films that are out now or or you don't understand why certain movies are popular and some other and some aren't, you know, and that's okay. That's really okay. And it's okay to feel different. And it's okay to trust your own instincts and go out and do what you want to do. You know, none of us should ever doubt our taste. And and we never should doubt, doubt our own projects so long as they are of high quality. So long as they are as well done as they can possibly be. And you may make mistakes. That's okay. We're all going to do it so long as they're your mistakes. So that's all we have for this entire semester of Hitchcock University with Billy Wilder. Um, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, suggestions about next uh, semester, I'm more than happy to listen to them. Um, right now I'm looking at Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. Um, I'm also starting to reevaluate the way we we do these class sessions and how often maybe we need to rotate uh, different uh different filmmakers in here. I don't know. There's there's a lot of things I'm thinking about. So if you guys have any suggestions, feel free to reach out. You can email us at hitchcockuniversity at gmail.com or you can reach us on Facebook. Um, we have a Hitchcock University Facebook page and of course on Twitter, which is at Hitchcock underscore U. The letter U is in university, all lowercase. Um, but yeah, thank you so, so much for listening to this semester of Hitchcock University where you learn filmmaking from the masters. My name is Taylor Bickle, and we will be back after the new year, probably, um, probably the first Sunday or Monday after the new year. Thank you so much.